Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Hey, I have a message for us this morning. If you weren't here at the beginning for announcements, I was in here yesterday, and I was like, it feels hotter in here than usual. And I went upstairs, and the, up, the, the front air conditioner is completely gone. So this week, our good friends at Robert B. Payne will help, in next, sun, will help next Sunday be a little more comfortable for you. So anyways, don't think that it's going to be this hot all summer in here. All right, hey, it's good to see you. Isn't the Lord's presence why we come? That's the most important thing about our gathering today. And I have to say, he's here, isn't he? Isn't it amazing to feel him, experience him together? And uh, this is such a beautiful time. I love our church. I love you all. Thank you all for joining with us today. And we just have, for the next 30, 35 minutes, I'm just going to unpack something that's been on my heart, actually, for the past, I'd say, couple months. And I didn't know if I was supposed to share it. And, and yesterday and Friday, the Lord confirmed through multiple people and things that I was. And so I'm going to do my best this morning to just share with you what the Lord has put on my heart and hopefully you'll be able to take some things from it. I think it's pertinent to every single season of our life. And in fact, the name of the message I've entitled is super simple. It's just seasons. And so you don't have to turn to your neighbor today because there's nothing catchy about that. It's just, if you're going to call it seasons. <laughs> and so would you pray with me one more time as we dive into God's word this morning? Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are here we thank you that you are real. God, we thank you that you're close. So Lord, we just invite you right now, God, to envelop this room. Lord, I pray for people who are searching for a deeper touch today. God, I thank you that you've met us. I pray that you would meet the desires of their hearts. God, I pray for us as we dive into your word today. Lord, I thank you whenever your word goes out, it doesn't return void, but it goes and sets out what it's meant to do which is to change. And so, Lord, we don't want to leave the same today. In fact, I don't even think we can leave the same today. So, Holy Spirit, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, just now you would open our hearts and our ears and our minds to receive your word. And, Lord, I pray it wouldn't be my word speaking, but, Lord, you would speak your word through me. Lord, I'm your vessel. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts through these words today, the words of your holy word. And, Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anybody ever grown anything before? I think I've told you a few times that the Corrigans are notorious for killing plants. So, it's so bad. Two years ago, well, my mom was saying we did good this year. It's because we have people come water it for us. <laughs> Two years ago, we had these amazing, they were like, we want to do something nice for Pastor Donna. What can we do? And they're like, we're going to plant her a garden uh, uh, and put vegetables and fruits in there. And, and, and they did. And, and we got like two things. Why? Because we... we Sometimes we're so busy, we're bad at tending to gardens. We like think that you can go weeks at a time without watering things and it'll just grow, right? That's not how it works. So you've, you, if you've grown something before, you know in order for that plant to produce fruit, there has to be some input on your part, right? Now, now many of us are gonna, the, the enemy is going to, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, there's input on your part in, to, to get fruit from a plant. To, to cause it to grow, to see it flourish. Ours always end up very brown and not very much fruit. And, uh, and why? It's because the, the input equals the output sometimes. And, 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 and what happens is when we don't put in the fruit that we, God desires to see, it, it, it isn't going to be produced. 
And so I just want to talk today about um, the concept of sowing and reaping. And, and, and I really feel to say this. I think for some of us, um, the enemy is going to try to put on our minds that this is a legalistic topic. Oh, well, God's grace is so rich and free and, and he's forgiven me and he saved me and he set me free that, that I, don't really, I don't really know if that's New Testament topics. I just want to talk to you today about some New Testament uh, scriptures today that talk about the concept of sowing and reaping. And I just, just before we get to scriptures, I just want to say to you today that the Bible says, we're going to hop in in a second, what you sow, the things that you do with your life, you will begin to reap a harvest. How many of you, there's two different types of seed, and we'll get this, to this in a moment, but, but we can sow to two different things in our lives. The Bible says we can sow to the Spirit, which is obedience to God, His Word, living in His presence, serving Him, or we can serve, we can sow to the flesh. Sowing to things that feel good in the natural but are contrary to what God has called me to in his best plan for me. So I have a decision, one decision of two paths. I can sow in my life to obedience to God's word and his spirit. I can sow good seed. And this isn't talking about the parable of the soils and the sower. That's talking about evangelism and God reaching people. This is talking about the soil of your soul. This is you today. I can sow to the Spirit, and I can obey His Word, or I can do it my way, and I can choose to sow to the flesh. I want to tell you, you will reap fruit both ways. There will always be fruit when you sow. When you sow to the Spirit, we know in Ephesians 5, Galatians, excuse me, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, there's also a part in there, we're going to read it in a minute, the fruit of what it looks like to sow to the flesh. And so you will reap a harvest. And I just felt as, and this isn't a, a discouraging word, it's an encouraging word today, because you have the opportunity to begin to sow in a new way. I want to read these verses to you. Austin, I'm going to skip the first set of verses. I want to read to you Galatians 6, 7 through 9, says this. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Galatians 6 verse 9 right here. Look at this. And I want to get ready. I want you to see this today. And this is going to be encouraging to some of you and uh, to all of you. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Sowing to the Spirit. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Why would I grow weary while doing good? Because I'm not seeing any change, right? You ever felt like that where you're praying about something? You're going after something with God. You're praying about something that you felt like he's called you to change in your life. And you're just asking for him to help you. And nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It says, the encouragement is don't grow weary while doing good, while sowing to the Spirit. Why? Because for in due season. That word is the same word as Romans 5, 8, that for at, at the right time. It means in the right season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I want to encourage you. 
your life is like a garden. It's actually like, have you, you know, I think the most thing, frustrating thing to grow are carrots. You know why? Because the only thing you see from carrots is not the fruit. You see the sprig on top. And you're kind of like, is there anything happening under there? I've never grown a carrot personally. I wouldn't do something like that. But for you who've grown carrots, isn't it frustrating, right? You can't see the fruit growing. Why? Because it is underneath the soil. And so something magical, uh, magical is the wrong word, something supernatural, there we go, that's more church, church word for it. Something supernatural is happening underneath the soil. There's growth happening. Why? Because there's been all this input. There's been water. There's been sunlight. There's been, there's been growth. And but, but, but how foolish would it be to every third day pull up the carrot and check on it, right? Is anything really happening? Is this really, right? And so it says, for you who are serving God, I want to encourage you today. Those who are reading your Bible every day, you don't feel like, man, there's so much stuff I don't understand. You're spending time in prayer. You're praying for your family. You're praying for your finances. You're coming to morning prayer. You're, you're, you're obeying God's word, and you don't see the change you want to see. I want to encourage you with Galatians 6, 9. It says, don't give up, and in fact, don't get tired. We can so quickly get tired of sowing to the spirit why it doesn't look like anything's happening but when you continue you will reap at the right season i want to give you a spiritual principle this morning that you have to remember very often you are not going to reap the fruit of what you sow in the current season meaning this the things you are sowing now you are going to begin reaping that fruit in the next season or next seasons or for, or for the rest of your life and I, I believe through eternity at times and so don't get discouraged when what you are sowing you gotta fix that There we go. Don't get discouraged when what you are sowing doesn't show up right now. Why? Because it very rarely does. Now you may think, for some of you who may feel older today, well, I don't have that many more seasons to go. I think, you know, our season's like 10, 15 years. Let me just remind you, a season in God's word isn't the same as like even our seasons or a system of years. It actually depends greatly on your obedience. You know, the season of wilderness that the Israelites was supposed to go through from Egypt to the promised land was 12 days, but because they refused to obey God, God had to extend it to 40 years. Why? They determined the length of their own season by their, by their own obedience. And so you may say, well, I don't have that much time to serve. I don't know what I'm going to reap. I'm kind of done. No, your seasons can be shorter than ever. If you decide to begin to sow to the spirit and obey God's word, he'll produce in you fruit. And I believe he'll do it quickly. And so today I want to encourage you who are obeying and you just feel like, man, nothing's happening. It is. I promise you. God's word says, don't grow weary. Don't get tired. And so I want to keep going with you this morning. Hey, you're either sowing to the flesh or to the spirit. Look at this. When, I just want to say these things to you. Hey, this is what sometimes looking, sowing to the flesh looks like, and then I'll read some verses. How about this? When I sow to unforgiveness in my life, I reap a harvest of bitterness. I become bitter. I just don't like anybody anymore. <laughs> when I sow to lust, I reap loneliness, and isolation. I thought lust would fulfill me, but instead I feel lonelier than ever. Really, all lust is is looking for a, a desire to be filled of intimacy. 
and it's manifested in lust, and all, the, all it does is a counterfeit, and so, it, and so it, it comes back in loneliness. Greed, I thought getting more would make me more contented, but it actually resulted in the fruit of discontentedness. How about comparison? If I sowed a comparison in my life, oh, I'm going to reap a harvest of unthankfulness. <laughs> if I look at everybody else and what God has done for them and what he's done, doing in them and what he's going to do for them and look at me and I begin to compare, I'm going to start reaping some fruit of not being thankful for what he's done for me if I'm always looking at what he's done for everybody else and being comparing it to me. How about worry? Produces a harvest of fear, faith. Your faith is paralyzed fearful so we can show to some things that in the next season why am I so unthankful well, maybe in the last season I was comparing myself to everybody else why am I so lonely well maybe I've been sowing into the fruit into the seed of lust and so I want to say to you today these things have real harvests that the Bible warns against I want to read to you this is the seed that is sown to the flesh Galatians 5 19 through 21 says this when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. It has a list for us today. Sexual immorality, impurity, impurity lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. God's very serious about sowing to the flesh. He says, this is what it looks like, and this is what it produces, and you don't want any part of it. I want to read to you Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. You know this. I think it's so interesting that sowing to the natural, to the flesh, produces a natural harvest, a sinful harvest. Sowing to the spirit produces a spiritual harvest. Interesting, it's not natural things that we're blessed in, but ultimately you will be, but it's God's spirit being manifest in your life and it looks like this. Verse 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. I don't know about you, but people pay a lot of money searching after these next things coming up and they're produced by the spirit of God. It produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. And so what does, what I'm sowing, what is it going to produce? I just want to encourage you, if you're, if you're sowing to the Spirit, be encouraged today. Don't get tired, don't get weary, keep doing it. You're going to produce, you're going you're gonna to be provided with a harvest. And if you are sowing to the flesh, man, today is the day, you know what, to say, God, I changed my seed today. Man, there's no more room for sowing to the flesh in my garden. I, I, I'm saving this whole thing for spiritual fruit. Man, we're going to have some love over here. We're going to put the peace over there. The self-control might be here, and well, I have some joy over here. There's no room in my garden for any more seeds of flesh. I want to read to you quick two stories quick this morning, because I have about 20 minutes left. I don't know if I've ever uh, talked about this before, but it's so interesting to me. In the Bible, there's, um, in the time of the judges, so we have Israel, and we have Moses, and then after Moses, there's these men and women who rule over Israel in the Old Testament called the Judges. And there's a number of them. And the last two are these two men. You may know who they are. Uh, but they're both called with this special call. And it's called the vow of a Nazarite. 
And I wanna read to you what that means this morning, and we'll get into it, who these two guys are and what they're called to. It's a Nazarite vow in the Old Testament. And what it means is this, is that you voluntarily commit yourself to serve God in a special way. Numbers chapter six, if you're interested in the, in the um, you don't have to turn there, if you're interested later or when you're reading the Bible this week on the Nazarite vow, read number six, that's where it is. It shows what a Nazarite is called to do. But um, the, the Hebrew word Nazir means consecrated or separated. And so what these men and women would do is they would voluntarily choose to be separated to God. And number six gave the qualifications, kind of weird ones for us, but meaningful for the, uh, for the Jews. And so the three, the three um, qualifications, the three things you had to do were this. Abstain from all alcohol derived from grapes. Two was refrain from cutting your hair. You had to let it grow super long. And three was you were not to become ritually impure by contact with corpses or graves, even those of family members. So kind of weird for us, but this is what the Nazarite vow was. Think of, it's an inconvenient thing, but, but it's meaning you're separated or consecrated to God. There are only two men in the Bible who God calls or who are called to be Nazarites from birth. Only two men in the whole Bible. There's thousands of chapters in the Bible, only two men who are called to be Nazarites. I want to tell you, does anybody know who one of these two men are? Just shout it out. Samson's one. The other one. Samuel. There are two men who are called from birth to be Nazarites. Consecrated, wholly separated to God and for his service. Now, just starting off, you know the stories. I don't think I can think of any two different endings to a story than Samuel and Samson. And we're going to read a little bit about that today. They were called to the same nation. They were called at the same time. They were essentially right after each other. They had the same call from God. I'm going to read the calls to you. First Samuel 1 chapter, excuse me, chapter 1, 9 through 11 says this about Samuel. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, And not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a man-child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Samuel is called to be a Nazarite from birth. He's called to this vow. He's called to be separated. He's called to be special. Let me read this to you in Judges 13. That was Samuel's call. The same call is given to Samson. I think a little more is honestly amazing here in chapter 13 verse 2 now there was a certain man from Zorah the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and had no children and the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her indeed now you are barren and have borne no children but you shall conceive and bear a son now therefore please be be careful to not drink wine or similar drink and not to do anything unclean for behold you shall conceive and bear a son And no razor shall come upon his head, for the the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Both of these men are called as Nazarites. The only two from young children, from birth. But their stories are very different. We're going to delve into that in a second. Why? 
Why? How could I be called to the same thing as somebody else? And God's plan, I, I, I don't want to get into the sovereignty of God today, but I think we can agree that I don't think the way Samson lived his life was God's perfect will. I think we can agree on that today. Why did they look so differently? It was because of what they chose to sow to. It's because of the seed they chose to sow. I want to start reading to you. We're going to go through the life of Samuel. I want to show you what he sowed to. And I want to show you Samson today and what he chose to sow to. And I want to show you the difference. And we're going to talk about, hey, today it's time to start sowing to the, to the Spirit. Look at this in, in 1 Samuel 3, chapter 3, verse 1. We, the first time we see Samson in the temple. He's been brought fully consecrated to God. He's living the Nazarite vow. And this is how he starts his relationship with God. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days and there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was while Samuel was lying down. The Lord called to Samuel and he answered and he said, here I am. So he rose to Eli and he said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and he lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He said, I didn't call you my son, lie down again. Stop it, it's 3 a.m. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak Lord for your servant hears. So Samuel went down and lay in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. In order to be able to learn how to serve the Lord and so to the Spirit, you have to begin to hear his voice. You may say, well, I don't hear the Holy Spirit's voice like that. You've been given an entire book of what he says to you. It's time to open it up. It's time to begin sowing into his word. It's time to begin putting into practice what he says. Come on, if you don't have a time every day, you got to start doing it. Not legalistic, it's devotion. you got to devote yourself to God's word. Why? Because you begin hearing his voice. You begin hearing him talk to you. And it's so important for us as believers to be able to hear the voice of God in order to be able to follow God. And so today, if you don't have a time, I want to encourage you, find a time every single day where you say, this is my time with God in his word, and no one else will distract me. Not the boss on the phone, not my wife in the other room. Just kidding, husbands, you got to pay attention to that. Not, the, not anything else, right? I will spend time with, this is my time with God. Amen. And so Samuel, as an early boy, begins to learn this concept of hearing God. Look at this, a heart to hear and obey is cultivated in Samuel for his entire life. Uh, in 1 Samuel 3, 19, uh, says this, so Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and I think this is so cool, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Wow. Because God was with him, nothing that he spoke didn't happen. 
It said, and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For then the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You know, you want the Lord to use you, begin to hear his voice, and then actually you'll have something to say to people around you, and God will exalt you. You don't have to convince people that God's with you. They'll just know, because you're like, how did they know that that's what I was going through? Man, I feel something different. God began to use Samuel because Samuel was willing and obedient to listen and to hear, and to obey. Let me keep going with you. And What did Samuel do? Acts 3, verse 24 says this. Yes, all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many have spoken, have foretold these days. Paul thought so highly of Samuel that he mentioned him as the first prophets who told, foretold of the days where Jesus and the Holy Spirit would come. Look at this. First uh, Samuel chapter 7 says this, then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the asterisks from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord. He was preaching truth, wasn't he? He was a man of truth who followed God and serve him only and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the asterisks and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather Israel together at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and they fasted that day. And they said there, we have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. So God used Samuel as a, not just a prophet, but a preacher. He used him as a truth bearer, somebody who impacted his whole country, who told what God had said, and then everybody was able to hear and respond and turn. Look at this. It says in 1 Samuel 19, he even, I've never seen this before, but actually Samuel started a school of the prophets to raise up other men who would join him in speaking God's word. I want to say to you this today. Stick with me for just another few moments here. Uh, When God produces fruit in you, that, pr- that fruit begins to bless the people around you. And it begins to impact your family, your friends, the people around you. Because of Samuel's yes and his obedience, I don't think there would have been a school of prophets in Israel without Samuel first saying, here I am, God, you can speak to me. And all of a sudden, he cultivates this fruit that in the next season shows up. And then the season after that, he begins to sow into other people. He begins to sow into other lives, and then fruit comes out of their life. Look at this, 1 Samuel 19. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as leader over them, the spirit of the Lord came upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. I want to encourage you today. The fruit, the seed that you're sowing that will ultimately produce fruit in the next season is not just going to bless you. It's going to bless other people. And then God is going to use it to bless them and then it will be multiplied. God is a God of multiplication. Can you say amen today? That God doesn't just stop with the seed he's sowing in you, that it, that, that it sows in other people as well and so Samuel not just affected his himself and his family but his country his nation he helped other people find God start a ministry look at this uh, we're going to skip over one of these but we'll read this one first Samuel 7 says this verse 7 now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel and when the children of Israel heard of it they were afraid of the Philistines So the children of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out for the Lord our God, that he may save us from the hands of the Philistines. 
And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out for the Lord for Israel, and he answered him. Now as Samuel was offered up, as he offered up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. I just want to show you the fruit of blessing when you sow to obedience to God in your life. Man, same call as as, as Samuel did amazing things. We're going to skip over some of these verses, but Samuel was a great man for the nation of Israel. He was a servant, a prophet, a judge, a teacher, a scribe, a priest, a mediator between man and God, a man who trusted God with childlike humility. He never lost faith, and he always turned to God for help. What an amazing, amazing man. But I just want to show you in the next few moments, same call Samson had. In fact, I think it's even a little more special. I hate to say that. But Hannah's mother gave Samuel to to God. God called Samson from the womb to be a Nazarite, wholly devoted to God to deliver his people. But I want to show you some of the seeds that Samson begins to sow and the fruit that is ultimately reaped in the season after. It says this in in Judges 13, 24. Just the next few minutes, I'll be quick. So the woman bore a son, called his name Samson, The child grew and the Lord blessed him. I think it's so interesting that the beginning of Samson is is victorious. Verse 25, it says, The Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mananeh, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtal. I think that's so powerful. You don't see a lot of verbiage about the Spirit of the Lord moving people in the Old Testament. It says Samson was chosen by God and moved by the Spirit of the Lord. But Samson had some seed that he desired to sow, and it wasn't the same seed that Samuel was sowing. In in, in Judges 14, God uses Samson to begin winning victories over the Philistines. And we all know the stories of how he you know, sends foxes through a field and like beats guys with a jawbone and all this crazy stuff. But, but he has a problem with wanting to do things his own way. First thing he does is he wants to marry a Philistine wife, strictly prohibited in God's law. And so he marries somebody who isn't a follower of God, isn't a follower of Jehovah. And all of a sudden he begins to see in this season the fruit that that produces. It says Judges 14, 5 through 6 says this. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now as to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. So God's using him to do these amazing feats of strength. But look, look what he does in verse 7. It says, Then after he went down and talked with the woman... And she pleased Samson well. This is his Philistine girl. After some time, when he went to return to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. Remember rule number two of being a Nazarite. I can't defile myself with dead things and become ritually unclean. He starts to do things contrary to God's word, but, all of it, but, but, but he doesn't see the fruit of it yet, and God's still using him. The Bible talks about the deceitfulness of sin, and this is what it means by that. You're not going to see the fruit of sin 
often, sometimes you will, but often you will see the fruit of sin in the next season. So don't be deceived and think nothing's growing underneath the surface. Oh, something's happening, and maybe it's not visible yet, and it's sure not visible in Samson's life yet, but something's growing and turning in his heart that's turning him away from God. And so it says that, uh, behold, a, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass, and he took some of it in his hands and went along eating. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. Let me just say to you, in the same way that the fruit God produces in your life when you sow to the spirit, when you sow to the flesh, that fruit, fruit is going to impact the people around you as well. It doesn't stop with you. It impacts those around you. He didn't tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So look at this, his father went down to the woman and Samson there gave a feast for the young men used to do so. That word feast in the original language is mishta. It holds the connotation of a wine drinking feast. What was rule number one? Don't drink wine. And so Samson is doing all this stuff that he's sowing to his flesh, disobedience to God. But the interesting thing is God's spirit is still using him. Judges 16, <laughs> look at this, Judges 16, 1. Verse, chapter 15 is all about God using him. Judges 16, 1. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there. If you know what a harlot is, I'm not gonna tell you. And went in to her. <laughs> if you know what that means, I'm not gonna tell you that either. <laughs> Samson is beginning to sow these things in his life that are ultimately going to reap a harvest, but he can't see it yet because it's growing. I want to just encourage you today, don't be deceived by sin. Don't be deceived into thinking that nothing's happening. Something's happening deep, deep inside. And ultimately, in a season to come, it will impact you and will impact those around you. Oh, but there's hope today. Can you say amen? And we're going to read just a, just a you know, we're not even going to read this next part. I'll just paraphrase it for you. You know what happens with Samson and Delilah. Samson sees Delilah. He's quickly intrigued like he is with so many other women in the three chapters that we see him. And he begins to start a relationship with him. The Philistines come to Samson and want to know the secret of his strength. Delilah says to Samson while they're alone, what is the secret of your strength? He won't tell her because he knows that it's too precious to give up. But after prodding and, and nudging, you know, the enemy will do the same thing to you. I'm not going to turn there to you, but I want to, um, I want to find it and read it to you, because it's how sin works, um, let's see if I can find it, okay, here it is, verse 16, and it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, this is what sin does in your life, it keeps on prodding, come on, it's not that bad, it's fine, just compromise a little bit, nobody will know, nobody will see, it's not going to hurt anybody, it's not going to affect anybody, it's not going to change anything, it's only, it's your decision, you, you know, you've been through so much, you deserve this, you deserve to have it, because you've been doing so good for so long, you just got to have a little bit, just a little try, and this is what sin does, it prods and it pokes and says, come on, come on. And this is what Delilah does to Samson. And finally, he gives in and he tells the secret of his strength. And at nighttime, uh, the, the Philistines sneak in and they shave his head. And it says that he, verse 20 says, the, the Philistines are upon you, Samuel. So he awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But this was a new season where he was eating from the fruit of what he had been sowing for a long time. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. The Philistines took him out, put out his eyes, and brought him to, the, brought him to Gaza. And they bound him with bronze fetters, and he became 
a grinder in the prison. I don't think this was the end of the man of God who God had called from birth. And why? It was the seed that was chosen to be sown. I know it's a serious message today, but it's a hopeful message. Because you have the choice today to sow whatever you want to. You have a decision to sow two ways. Do I sow to God's spirit and obedience and reap the fruit? Maybe I won't reap it now, but I know I sure will reap it at a season to come. Or do I reap what I want to do? What feels good? What's easy? What's convenient? And we have a choice today. I want to read you three more verses. I want to remind you, two men, same call, same job, same country. Both called to be Nazarites. Both called to be judges over Israel. Both called at relatively the same time. Two different seeds two different harvests. Hosea 10, 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. I just want to encourage you. If you feel like there's hardness in your heart today, you feel like, man, I don't, I don't even know how to begin. I don't even feel like seeking God. Begin to sow to righteousness. You're reaping steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, and he's going to become working in your life. Maddie, if you could come and begin to play, and we're just going to end in some time of prayer. I want to read to you two more sections of Scripture, and then we're going to close this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 13 says this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. It takes a choice today. And, and, and maybe, you're in, maybe you feel like you're in some capacity in both groups. I'm trying to serve God. I'm doing what He says. But there's some areas in my life that I've been sowing to. Some unforgiveness. Some unthankfulness. Some, some anger, some, some comparison, some lust, some, some hatred, some, some things in my life that I've been sowing to that, that I just don't want to sow to anymore because I don't like eating the fruit. I don't like how it affects me. And, and I sure don't want it to affect the people around me who I'm trying to love and help. And so today we have a, a choice. It comes down to a choice. And I think once we make that choice, the Holy Spirit's able to come in because he can't make a choice for you because you've been given a free will to either serve him or not. Once you choose to sow to the Spirit, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to produce steadfast love and you grow in your relationship with him. And so today, I I just ask you, I want to read to you the last verse and then I want to pray with you as we end here this morning. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I want to pray for two groups of people, and maybe this encompasses all of us today. For those of you who feel like you've been praying, you've been asking, 
You've been faithful and God hasn't clearly shown up to answer. I want to encourage you and pray for you today for strength to keep on sowing. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Fruit is growing. You can't see it yet because it's under the ground, but it's happening. It's coming. And at the right season, it's going to be manifest and you're going to eat from that fruit. And not just you, but the people around you will be blessed by it as well. So for those of you who feel discouraged, tired today because you've been praying, you've been asking don't give up don't grow weary for those of you today who feel like man I feel more like Samson than Samuel right now I just feel like I've been walking in disobedience I feel like I've been doing things my own way I feel like I've been doing things right I I have have, have fruit that's being produced that I don't like that I didn't expect man sin takes you farther when than you want to go and and I just feel like I've come further than I ever expected to come with this thing in my life and I'm bound by it I want to pray for you today that there is freedom you know the end of Samson's story I think it's so interesting that Samson and Samuel are listed together in Hebrews 11 in the heroes of faith. Why? Because Samson realizes what his, the, the, the seed of his sowing has done, but at the end he comes to himself and he says, God, please be with me one more time. I want you to use me. I ask for your forgiveness. You know, it's never too late. I think if Samson can turn at his very last moments and God still put him in a chapter with men and women who did incredible things. Samson's right there smack dab in Hebrews 11 listed with Moses and Abraham and all these men and women of God who did powerful things. God can still use you. You feel like a Samson. It's not too late. It's not over. Maybe you feel like your life hasn't looked like God would want it to look like, but that doesn't mean he'll leave you. He still loves you. You just got to say, God, I'm ready to sow. I'm ready to stop sowing to the flesh and sow the spirit. So we're going to just pray here this morning. We already had an altar service this morning. And so we're just going to pray. If this is either of either in the group, in the, are you, if you are in either of these two groups today, <laughs> it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I want you to just lift your hands right now. I want to pray for group number one first. Holy Spirit, God, I pray for those who have been asking, 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 and felt like the receiving isn't really uh, com- uh on the same level as the asking. God, I pray that you'd encourage their hearts today, those who are weary in spirit today, those who feel like they haven't seen what you, uh, what, what you promised. God, I just ask today by the power of your Holy Spirit for strength in a fresh way, strength to keep asking, strength to keep praying, strength to keep sowing, strength to keep, uh, I just wanna pray specifically for those of you who are sowing into the lives of loved ones who don't know Jesus and you are incredibly discouraged to the point of weariness with this. I wanna pray strength over you today. God, I pray for those who have children, relatives, family members, friends, who they have prayed for and talked to and and rebuked and tried to help and they have not listened. God, I pray that they won't grow weary and give up. But Lord, I pray that you give them strength to keep asking, keep sowing in prayer, keep going after that thing. And I thank you, God, that we'll see a harvest. I know we will. God, I pray that you give us strength today to not give up when sowing to the Spirit. Lord, I thank you that in seasons to come, we'll reap fruit that we never expected. Holy Spirit, I pray for those who feel a little like Samson today. They feel like they've messed up. They feel like they've sown to the flesh, maybe even before they knew you. 
God, I just pray against shame today in this place. I thank you, God. Romans 8, 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are called according to his purpose. So Lord, we just break off shame today in this place. And we say, God, that as we turn to you, Lord, we are free and free indeed. God, who the Son has set free is free indeed. So we thank you for that truth today. And God, we say, today is a new day. There's no more room for sowing to the flesh in my garden. There's no more room for sowing to, to what feels good to me in my garden. There's only soil enough and enough room to sow to the Spirit in my life. God, I pray for decisions today all over this place. God, that we would decide once and for all, God, my garden is a garden filled with seed of the Spirit. And God, I thank you, Lord, that this is going to produce fruit. I believe that that old fleshly fruit is going to get pushed out of the way and out of the garden. And Lord, I thank you today for those today for encouragement, God, that you can do it. God's going to empower you. God's going to strengthen you. You feel like, I can't do it. I've tried. I've tried. You don't know how many times I've tried. I've heard this sermon before. I've tried it before. Oh, I believe today's a different day. I believe today's decision is a different one. So Holy Spirit, we just say, we believe you can do it this time, once and for all. So we love you today. We trust you. We thank you for your word. I pray you give us grace to consistently sow to the Spirit and that we'd reap a harvest that's beautiful, eternal, wonderful. We love you today. Thank you for your people in this place today, for the spirit of worship, for your presence we felt. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let me say one sentence before I let you go. There was a minister who used to walk to a minister's meeting, and there was a woman that would stand outside and flirt with her every time. And he came back to the minister's meeting. He told about this experience. And the elder of that meeting said, you fool, walk down another block. You know, we play with stuff. It's in your pocket. It's in your office. It's on your TV. And you keep it just close enough, just in case. The Lord wants me to tell you today, get rid of it. Shut it down. Shut it off. Cut it out. Don't play. Begin to sow to the Spirit. But be... Did you like this word today? remember years ago someone walked out and I was shaking hands at the back and they said to me I really liked your sermon too bad so-and-so wasn't here if you like that sermon we're going to pray right now Lord help us to facilitate help us to apply help us to stop sowing to the flesh and to start today oh hallelujah now that's what God will be blessing why don't you just deal with him one moment. Just say, yes, Jesus. Yes, I take this good word. It's a real word. It's a Holy Ghost word. I take it and I sow for the rest of my life to the Spirit of God, glorifying God, expecting to see an abundant harvest of an abundant life. And I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.